You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real-life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in-episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantelle, an educator-turned-web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, we'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all-over-the-place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. Let's start this episode with an affirmation. You are completely deserving of all the good reviews and all the great testimonials. In this series, over the next little while, we're going to be talking about exactly how to achieve that. So this episode today is talking about the five mistakes that are keeping you away from those great testimonials and reviews that I know and you know that you truly deserve. This episode is brought to you by the first ever issue of Facet, which is a course magazine experience that you can hold in your hands. It's a physical print issue that combines concrete strategies with self-talk scripts and mindset counterbalances that will keep you from talking yourself out of doing the work. And as we go through these five very common mistakes today, you're going to learn a little bit more about that, where you might be sabotaging yourself in terms of social proof, which is just a fancy way of saying reviews and testimonials and all of those great screenshots that you see on people's accounts of DMs with amazing results from their clients. You know that I don't love to go towards the negative, but we are talking about mistakes today because I've noticed some themes over my 100 plus clients and many, many students. I have helped so many people figure out what they're going to do about testimonials for their websites and how they're going to share them on social media. And I've really compiled all of that wisdom, all of that knowledge into this print issue of Facet. So the five mistakes that we are going to be talking about today are mistake number one, assuming that you don't need to plan anything for reviews. We're going to dive deep into that one. Mistake number two, being too afraid to ask for reviews or simply lacking the confidence to actually ask your people. Mistake number three that we're going to chat about is that your testimonials are super disorganized. I know a lot of people relate to this one. Next is mistake number four. You don't know how or when or where to share testimonials and so you just don't do it or you share so inconsistently, like you'll share one and then you'll share another one six months from now. And lastly, the last pitfall we're chatting about is only using your testimonials as testimonials, not using them and repurposing them for other places, other things inside your business. I'll also add a little mini mistake here, mistake 0.5. That is getting all of your inspiration and all of your education about how to use social proof just from watching how other people on social media are sharing their social proof and their reviews. If that's the only place that you're doing that, learning about that, you're probably missing a little bit. Social proof is one of those topics that not a lot of people educate on. And so that leaves us scrambling to figure it out out on our own. It's not like there's some kind of rule book to follow of what to do about reviews, what to do about testimonials. I know my website clients always come in with so many questions like how many should I have and should I have them on a separate page and 
all sorts of questions that we're going to get at in a future episode on this show. Really, I noticed that a lot of us are piecing together this learning from observation alone. We're looking at what other entrepreneurs are doing and then we're trying to replicate that for ourselves because we just don't know what our strategy should be. I personally have never seen a course about social proof out there or even have this as a module because of this lack of clear and consistent information. That's why I chose this topic for the very first issue of Facet. It gave me the opportunity to be creative and really dive deep into this one topic and give you a complete and comprehensive education on it that just doesn't exist anywhere else. And so instead of observing constantly what other people are doing, essentially taking what we like and leaving the rest, copying the bits that kind of seem to make sense for our own businesses, wouldn't it be better to be able to be learning better instead of learning constantly and just create a system for ourselves? You can do that with Facet. You can be one of the first to get Facet arriving on your doorstep because the orders have opened officially as of December 6th. Uh, so the Simple Social Proof issue is now for sale as a single issue or as a subscription. Throughout the issue, it, it's been described as though it feels like your brain is getting little mini massages because there's all sorts of of different types of information, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about as we get into the content of this episode. Starting in on mistake number one, assuming that you don't need to plan anything for reviews. I'm not a big fan of the expression fail to plan, plan to fail, but kind of might be true in this case. Think about your answer to this question. If I ask you, where can I leave a review for you? If your answer is just, uh then we have a problem. This indicates, of course, a lack of process for getting reviews in the first place. If you don't have a consistent spot or a consistent plan, you're going to be inconsistent, the opposite, right? This could look like only asking clients that you really like or only asking clients that you happen to remember to ask in the moment. When reviews aren't baked into your process, you likely haven't thought about things like where do reviews fit into your client experience? You have decided things like, are they going to pay before or after their service? But you haven't decided when they are going to be asked to write a review. Another common one here in the lack of planning category is no organization in terms of how you keep the reviews when they do come in. I've literally heard horror stories about people searching through their emails and having to scroll back in their screenshot albums through multiple years looking for reviews. You do not want to be operating like this because we all know what's going to happen. The end result of having no plan is that nothing is going to get done. And that means that you might be missing out on opportunities to show your potential clients all the good things that you're doing. Another one is not having a process for actually sharing the reviews once you have them. This can be an afterthought in a lot of people's content plan. Like you have all sorts of emails, all sorts of podcast episodes, all sorts of videos planned, but none of them are using the social proof that you already have strategically. And in this way, with your content and your social proof, you have a planning problem. So if you're going to have to guess every time or you're making it up on the spot, you know it's not going to get done because you're going to be asking yourself too many questions rather than actually doing the thing. You're going to be stuck in a loop. You're going to be asking yourself again and again, things like, should I ask for written testimonials or should I do video testimonials or do I want to ask them on the last call or should I send an email instead? All of these questions sitting in that indecision, it's just not working. Having a plan for anything is guaranteed to make it easier and that's really true for testimonials and reviews. 
That's why inside Facet, I teach you some systems that you can set up ahead of time so that you don't miss any other opportune moment to get a review from a happy client. Mistake number two, being too afraid to just ask or lacking that confidence. I'm going to be very direct here and I say this with love. This can be a fear of feedback for real reasons. If you have underlying worries about your client experience or just in general what you're selling, it would then follow that you're worried about what kind of feedback that you would get back. I have personally had clients who I haven't gotten along with as well, and I have been the one who is afraid to ask for feedback. I've been there. I have been the one to want to skip it, and so I am guilty of skipping it. But this was not in higher service of myself. It's not in higher service of my business because all I was really avoiding there was a potential for my own growth. Maybe you have felt the same way. If you have gaps in your client experience, I'm talking areas where you know that you aren't delivering quite as well as you'd like to. I'm not talking about imposter syndrome here, just to be clear. I mean that you have a gut feeling that something is a little bit off in one aspect of what you do. And I'm telling you, it is crucial to fix that so that you can have no impediments in asking for reviews. When you're able to fix that gap and solve that problem, whatever the case may be, improving that one aspect, you will simultaneously be fixing the fear of asking for feedback. So a little gentle call in here, because if you truly know that you've given something your all, like 100% of your effort and your highest intentions, the fear of asking for a testimonial is going to melt away. There's a whole article on this inside of this issue. It helps you examine your client experience and helps you make all the little fixes that you need to make in four key areas of your service or your offer that are going to make all the difference. Also in the category of mistake number two is that you might have a wishful thinking kind of problem. As in, you might be spending all of your time wishing your clients felt so moved that they would just write you a review without prompting, without being asked. You might be feeling this kind of disconnect of like, I've helped this person so much. Why would they not want to do this automatically for me in return? Your feelings are valid. I get it. And also if you keep believing those things, they are going to keep holding you back. Your clients may be moved. They may really want to share their experience, but they may also never think of writing a testimonial unless you ask. Asking is the key. Your customers might want to give you a review in return for how you've helped them, but they typically lack clarity on how to do that until you tell them specifically. So if they don't know how you want them to leave a review or where, that indecision is going to keep them from taking action on their own because everybody's busy. And so they are just going on about their days, not even probably having it on their radar that a review or a testimonial would be super helpful for you. Potentially also, if you have feelings around being uncomfortable with praise, like that whole inability to take a compliment thing, that would also likely make you avoid this whole business of asking for testimonials. You are probably thinking, if I don't ask, I don't have to deal with that. If this is you, we have got to work through this. There's lots of journaling space inside Facet to feel out your feelings on this and all the other mindset stuff, I promise. Because you might also just not like 
the asking. You might feel like it's awkward or it's weird to ask for compliments. It feels honestly the first couple of times that you ask for a reviewer testimonial, it feels like you're looking for validation. It feels strange to ask for that from the people who've already paid you for your service or your product. Listen, I'm not even going to wait for you to get your hands on the Simple Social Proof issue to share this with you because it is too important. Asking for reviews is not asking for validation. It's asking for truthful stories of transformation that you can then use to find other people who need that same result and therefore help them. One of the early readers of Facet talked about how her mindset changed as she was reading. Here's what she had to say about that. My mindset changed while I was reading. It made me feel more proud of the success that has come out of me helping somebody. Sharing testimonials is not just me sharing what I'm good at. It's me sharing the transformation that someone else has had because I helped them. I'm less afraid to share testimonials because this issue helped me confirm that what I do is impactful. Now, if you'll forgive me for getting a little meta on you, see what I did just now? I used a truthful story of transformation, word for word, from someone who has held a copy of the Simple Social Proof issue of Facet in her hands to talk to you, a person who might need the same result, if you're listening to this episode, so I can therefore help you. Now, if I hadn't asked her what she thought about her experience with the course magazine, I wouldn't have this story and you wouldn't have heard her viewpoint right now. And it's compelling, isn't it? As a result of buying my thing, a thing that I've been incubating, ideating for like six months and I feel so strongly about and I poured all my heart into making, she feels less afraid around the concept of testimonials because she learned how to reassure herself of her own impact. Now keep in mind, Facet is not one-to-one coaching. It's a print book that you hold in your hands. It isn't like this client and I had hours and hours of calls talking about her impact in order to create that transformation. She was able to learn how to reassure herself of her own impact. And that honestly, that makes me feel more proud than if I had just reassured her myself. It gives me conviction that what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be educating in this way. And that's what getting testimonials will do for you too. The only thing standing between you and that feeling of conviction is learning how to make that ask. So whatever mindset block that we talked about here in mistake number two, whichever one is impacting you now is keeping you from doing the asking, we have to tackle it together. There's lots of mindset reframes and actual suggestions inside the issue that can directly help you with that. I go way deeper into it than I can in this episode. All right, mistake number three. Your testimonials are disorganized. The person making this mistake probably has received some feedback. Maybe you've taken some screenshots of nice things your clients have said in DMs, but then you lost those screenshots. Maybe you have been left some awesome Google reviews or Facebook reviews, but then you read them once and never looked at them again. Maybe you have tons of nice emails that you've read once that were full of compliments, but now they're buried under so many other emails. This is a mistake because you have an asset that you're not using to its full potential right now. We can do something about this. A lack of organization is a common problem, like literally not being able to find the right screenshot at the right time. That's all a part of this issue of Facet as well. When you've got a system and you know exactly how you want to store your social proof and the recall of it, like the actual grabbing of that is easy, meaning you can find what you're looking for at the moment that you're sharing. That way you're able to turn potential into more powerful storytelling. The mistake here is collecting social proof and never using it. So we want to get that fixed for you so that you can move on to using it in your marketing. 
Mistake number four, you don't know how or when or where to share testimonials. And so you either never share or you share really inconsistently. When I started asking for opinions and people's feelings about social proof, back when I first came up with the concept of this issue, there were so many feels around this. My little question box in stories had never gotten so many answers. So I'm gonna call this the what's the point mindset because this is what came up for the most people that I surveyed. As in, what's the point of me asking for reviews if I don't know how to use them? What's the point of having reviews written for me by my clients if I don't have a place that I'm going to share them? So I'm gonna start right here. First of all, don't wait until you have a website to start asking for testimonials. Also don't wait until the perfect Canva graphic is right there at the top of the templates list in order to share. I have solved your problem of not knowing how to share consistently or where to share. I've solved that. It's inside this issue of Facet. There's a whole list of 15 ideas for places to share. There's a whole system set up to make sure that you aren't repeating the same testimonial too often because that comes up too. There's an SOP that you can borrow. That's a standard operating procedure. There's also answers to any questions that you have that come up. I also teach you how to share with actual context so that the sharing feels natural. This is probably the largest section inside Facet. We spend a lot of time on this whole like once you have reviews, what do you actually do with them? Because social proof is one of the best options that you have for making sales feel easy. But when you're making the mistake of hoarding those reviews for yourself and not sharing them, you're unfortunately missing out on that. So you'll wanna read this issue because you'll never wonder what to do with your testimonials again. It's just going to be solved for you. Last one, mistake number five. This one is only using your testimonials as testimonials. Let me explain what I mean here. Yes, reviews for reviews sake are awesome. They're good to have on your sales pages. They're good to put in your stories, but there are so many more uses beyond that that you might be missing if you aren't repurposing them. So I learned this in my years as a web designer because I handled over a hundred sets of testimonials. Each client had at least a couple of them that I used as I was designing and as I was writing copy. I went back to these written words from their clients again and again for a lot of reasons. One is to make sure that what I was writing and designing was going to land with these real people who wrote these reviews. It helped me get into the mindset of their ideal client. It also was to make sure that I was accurately depicting their experiences because there's this potential in sales copy to get all flowery and descriptive and so removed from the real world that it's no longer matching with what it actually is. And here's a little web designer hint. I often used client words instead of my words in really important places like in their headlines and their buttons and their SEO. Unless you are a B2B business and you're working with business owners, business owners are your clients. Your clients, they don't speak marketing. They speak real human, a language that sometimes I, th I wonder if all of us, you and I listening to this, if we have forgotten how to speak. Because these clients' words, they come from a completely different perspective than our marketing minds. That is a very valuable thing to pick up on. And even if if your clients are business owners, in their interactions with you, they were wearing their client shoes if they were your client. They were thinking like clients, which is to say they were thinking, what is in this for me? which is a totally different mindset than when they're in that marketing place. You've probably heard of the term client-friendly language before, and you've wondered, how the heck do I achieve that? Here's the answer. 
By using what is in your testimonials written by your clients and either using those exact words or just writing in that way, that's client-friendly language. I teach you more about this and exactly how I pull apart a testimonial and borrow each of the pieces for different places. Inside Facet, there's an entire section on how to repurpose your testimonials and use them to have a positive impact on your brand voice, your copywriting, your content writing. I'm really excited for you to experience that part of it. If you have made these mistakes in the past, it's okay. I have two. We can totally fix them together. These are five mistakes that you cannot keep making if you want sales to feel easier by using social proof from your clients and customers. Way more than five solutions are waiting for you inside the simple social proof issue of Facet. I am thrilled to get this product out into the world and onto your doorsteps. If you haven't got your copy yet, head to clearcourtscreative.co slash facet to check out the single issue and the subscription. I hope this episode gave you a lot to think about, about how you can be using reviews, testimonials, social proof, and also help steer you away from some of these mindset traps that we talked about during this episode. Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are. 